would have been devastating. Last week, if you remember, we, as we continue our series about our beliefs, so what do we believe? Uh, we ended talking about how we are co-heirs or joint heirs with Jesus, uh, making us part of the family, the family of God, a song that we sing almost every Sunday here at Hartford Christian Church um, as we uh, end our service. And then what does that mean for us then to be a part of the family of God? It means that we are the church, does it not? There's so many things that, that we should think about when we say, what do I believe about God's church or about being God's church? What, what is that? It's the, the body of Christ. It's the, the, the bride of Christ. It's our church family. Or maybe we think about other things. Maybe we think about this building, our church buildings. Here's a, a few different examples. Uh, churches could be different shapes. As a big church, a fancy church, and it must be one more, a small church. Now that picture I blew up, I believe that's the smallest church building in the world. Right? Uh, it's like one person size. I, I could be wrong, but it's a very small building compared to the other uh, churches. The, the classy, fancy one, and that, that more modern type, real big shaped churches. What about location? You might think about uh, the church down the Wildwood, or uh, the church down the Holler, or around here, when we give directions, we don't always give directions uh, based on street. It might be go down to the old barn, turn left, and go down to the creek, and try not to uh, get floated away. All right, But you can see some different locations that were coming up on the screen there. Some very remote, some in the city, some right on the storefront. Um, some looked like they were on the beach, that's more my style. This one up here on your left, uh, no thanks. But if it's the only place we have to worship God, you know we'd be there. And some other ones maybe on the right, some mountain climbers might fit in real well. Location. Or maybe you think about sizes. Now, not sizes necessarily uh, the building as much as the how many people go there. And uh, actually, I got confused here. This third picture will be the smallest church, I think, in the world. This one's the one I blew up real big. Like, you could fit like one person in there. One of those two was that. But you can see different sizes. Over, You have a, a middle-sized church, more like us. You've got a, a church that... Is probably a church, or maybe it's just an office building, a big mega, mega church, I, I don't know. Uh, and maybe one that's really small. There's different shapes, different locations, different sizes of churches, church congregations, and of church buildings. But we all know that it's not about those things that make us the church. Uh, what makes us the church is not about where you're at, or how big you are, or what kind of church building you have. Being about the church is what we want to talk about today. So then what should we believe about God's church? Or about being God's church, if you will. Let's look at the scripture. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 16 through 19 on the screen. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. But by, but by my Father in heaven, and I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, this rock being you are the Son of the living God, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The scripture, we've used it before. 
haven't we? You've heard it before. I hope that you've heard this scripture before. If not, you should have, right? And you'll hear it again, and we'll use it again. And we should always use this scripture, because what is the church built on? That rock, that foundation, that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Like we talked about last week, like we talked about the week before, and like we will talk about every single Sunday morning here at Hartford Christian Church. This foundation, Jesus Christ This is what we must build our foundation on. This is what God's church's foundation must be built on. Now, some of you guys that are in construction and can build things, like some of y'all teach me new stuff every week. Like, did you know that there's a light out over here in the church? It's true. The little hallway right here, the, the lights are out. And I can't tell you how many times today someone came up and flipped that switch, and then all the lights in the hallway went out because you thought we just hadn't flipped the switch. Well, we replaced the light bulbs, and today Rob and Brian taught me about something called ballast. Right? So you have to fix the ballast. These are things I don't understand. Thank you for teaching me some of that. Some of you might be thinking now, this church building, is foundation is concrete. It's, it's deep in the rock. You've got to make sure you've got that solid foundation. But again, we're not talking about this church building. We're talking about our foundation as our church family, as the kingdom of God And folks, it better be on Christ or we ain't doing it right. What did the scripture say as well there, though? It talked about uh, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? This message that we are saying, this rock, this foundation that we call Jesus Christ. This message gives us the keys of the kingdom. And this message is the same thing as our foundation. The message is indeed Christ Jesus, our Lord. So to unlock the mysteries of God to the people, that's part of our responsibility. And to unlock the, the mysteries of God to people come only through Christ. What else is the church then besides the key to unlock this mystery to, of Christ? Besides the, uh, the, the place built on the foundation? Well, it's also an instrument. Now, unfortunately, Kara's in the back today. Because I know that some of you all, when you're thinking of instrument, the very first thing you think of is probably... A trumpet or a flute. So I looked up some pictures this week to kind of use as an illustration for uh, a trumpet and a flute. And this came up and I just had to share it. Because what would you do if we dressed like this? Maybe we should have like band uniforms. I think that that actually might be Kara. (laughs) I really wish she was out here for this. (laughs) But the fact being, we're not talking about that kind of instrument, are we? When we're talking about the, the church as God's instrument, we're not, we're not talking about a musical instrument. We're talking about something that he's going to use to spread the good news, to tell the people. God's instrument to spread the, new, the good news about who? About Christ. See, what's happened here, I hope that you've realized that we are a Christ-centered church. And we must be a Christ-centered church. Our foundation, our message, and what our purpose is to spread the good news about Christ. So this is what I believe about the church. And I believe this is what we should all believe about the church. But let's make no mistake, the church did not happen by accident. This wasn't some chance chance thing. And we look back at the scripture, we see, uh, maybe we can start with the altar. What, all the way back to, to, to Cain and Abel. Making the sacrifice. To, to Noah, what did Noah do? He built an altar and he made a sacrifice. And we saw the rainbow from, from some of that story. I had to throw that in there after Scott said that this morning. 
Then we see a tabernacle. Scripture goes on. And a temple. And then synagogues in different cities. And now we have our church. Our our church building. Our centers of worship. See, this wasn't an accident. But these places, they were all established. Our church is established with a purpose. A clearly defined by Scripture, by the Word of God, that we believe 100% is accurate and true. A clearly defined purpose. And what is that purpose? Here's a few examples. To worship God. To make disciples. Bring people in to know Jesus. To teach them. To develop people of faith. So to worship, to make disciples, and, and to teach That's our purpose. That's our goal. That's what we're here for. Or at least it should be. So then how? What should I believe now about how the church's purpose is accomplished? How is this this purpose of that's clearly defined, of of worshiping, of, of making disciples, of teaching, of growing together, of following Jesus and fishing for men? How? I believe the church can help us fulfill this purpose in two distinct ways. Two specific ways. Number one, corporately. Corporately, together, as a team, as a unit, with a goal in mind, with a purpose in mind, understanding what we're here for and what our center is. Remember, Christ. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Corporate. We can help the other person up. So now let me ask you. I want to challenge you. Do you help other believers? And no one can answer that, maybe, but you. Now, maybe I could tell you, uh, give an example for you. Yes, you do. Yes, you've helped others. But I think in your heart of hearts, that's where you've got to be able to answer this question for yourself. Do you help other believers? Because really, no matter who tells you that you do or who tells you that you don't, I think it boils down to what do you know? What can you be honest about with yourself? Do you help? Or do you feel that maybe other believers dread seeing you? I mean, I hope that no one feels that way here at Hartford Christian Church. I hope no one feels dread of seeing someone else or that someone else may dread to see them. But it goes back to that first question. Do you help other believers? Do you build up or do you tear down? Do you compliment or do you grumble and complain? Do you help other believers? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25, some of my favorite scripture. Let us hold unswervingly. That word too, that, that's a really good word, right? I, my next challenge for you is to try to use that word in a sentence this week sometime randomly. Unswervingly. Back to scripture. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he promised, he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together or some are in the habit of doing. 
but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is like really to the point, isn't it? And don't give up meeting together. It's important. It's important that you have that body of believers that, that you come to to worship God and encourage each other. Encourage, use good, encourage for good deeds. Encourage for love. Encourage each other. And even more and more, as the end draws near, folks, every minute the end draws even closer than it was before. Encourage each other. So corporately, together, we must encourage each other. If we are an encouraging church, we will be a healthy church. And if we're not, if we're a discouraging church, we will not be a healthy church. It starts with us. And it starts with us, not just us, but also as individuals. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, let me ask you. Here at Hartford Christian Church, are you happy? <clears throat> to be a part of the kingdom of God, are you happy? Are you joyful? We've talked about joy. We've talked about rejoicing. We've talked about living that life full of joy like we should as Christians. Are you happy? Do you give compliments to show this? The encouragement factor. Can't be forced. Should be something that you would all, all want to do. But here's my question. If you are happy... Folks, if you're happy with your church congregation, with your preachers, with your, your Sunday school teachers, with the, the, the meals that we have, whatever it may be, if you can find a reason to be positive, to be happy, and to say, man, our church family is great. And I hope that you can feel that way because, boy, I do. I am so blessed by our church family. And we were talking about that today. Uh, me and Lauren were about how blessed we are by this church family. Here's my challenge to you now. Let your elders know. These guys need to hear encouragement. And one of these guys the other day said to me, Preacher, you need more encouragement. And I thought, man, but my church family really encourages me. And I thought, have I ever said that from the pulpit? Not only just thank you guys, but encourage these guys. Do you know who your elders are? I want you to know who your elders are. These are your spiritual leaders. These are the pastors of this church, the shepherds of this church. I want you, elders, stand up. I want these people to know who you are. Please. Now, see these men. These six guys. All right? Everett's over there hiding behind the pole. <laughs> if there's something that you love about our church, I want you to let them know about it. Thank you. If there's something that you love about Hartford Christian Church, let them know. Encourage them. Encourage them. Make their job a joyful one. That's what the scripture tells us to do. It'll brighten their day. I promise you it will brighten their day. And how do I know that? For a fact, I can tell you because whenever you encourage me, it brightens mine. And thank you for that. If you're happy with your church, if you're happy with your faith, don't just stop by telling the elders thank you or, or encouraging them. But tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, tell everybody you know. If you want someone to come to church with you, to know about God, to know about Jesus, to tell them about how we're a Christ-centered church, you know what the best thing that you can do? Talk highly of your church. Talk highly of the kingdom of God. Talk highly about your church family. If you go to someone and you say, you know what? I'm not sure that I like my church, 
There's the one preacher that's really good looking, but the other guy, he don't have no hair. Are they going to want to come? No, I, I only half joke there. I only half joke. <laughs> if, you, if you go and you say, man, I like our church, but our, our music, I don't like the trumpet. The flute's okay, but I don't like it. If you say that to someone, you think they're going to be like, man, I really want to go there. Of course not. Right? Of course not. Share the love. Share the positivity. You got to go and you got to say, hey, you know what? No church is perfect. No church body is perfect. None. Not one. But we love the Lord. We're Christ-centered, and we have a good church family that has each other's backs and that sets each other up for success. If we have that kind of attitude and those kind of actions, people will come. Oh, yes, people will most certainly come. But don't just stop there. If you're happy with your church, if you're positive about your church, if you love the Lord and love being part of his kingdom, don't just let your elders know and and have the encouragement for them. Don't just tell your friends and your family. But folks, every single day of your life, go to your God in prayer and say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for Hartford Christian Church. You see, that's a corporate thing that we can do. But we've also got to remember our own personal responsibility. Because for us to work corporately, we've got to be able to accept our role, our responsibility, me, what I can do. And that takes a lot of self-reflection sometimes. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And we talk about stewardship a lot, right? Well, Making sure that when we are giving to God of our finances, that we are doing it properly and that we are spending it properly. We want to be good stewards of what God has given us. But stewardship goes farther than just finances. That's part of it. Make no mistake. Uh, Stewardship goes farther than that, does it not? What have you received from God? Grace. You've received grace. Be good stewards of that grace. You've received other gifts that should bring joy. Bring, be good stewards of that joy. Our personal things that we have to do include serving others. That's being good stewards. And how we're going to serve others are going to be based on some of your gifts for sure. But I have to ask you then, how will you serve? How will you serve others to be a part of the corporate kingdom personally? Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. I know some of the Sunday school classes have gone through this, and we've gone through it on, on, on Wednesday night here recently. It's good scripture. And you can't change what it says. You've got to listen to this the same way you do Romans 14 that we're going to continue on this Wednesday night, and you don't want to miss it. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. It goes on. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Notice what those are. Now, just a few weeks ago, uh, me and Scott were talking about this scripture, and he, he said something real spot on. Notice. And I'm quoting him, all right? If I mess this up, you can tell me later. Notice that there is no gift of criticism. 
Oh, good point. But let's add to that. There's no gift of negativity. There's no gift of gossip. There's no gift of discouragement. Instead, what we see is faith, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, mercy, and to do those cheerfully. See, we're all going to have different gifts for sure. But they're all gifts that we must use. All of us have a personal responsibility to be a part of this congregation, to be a part of this church, and to do many of the things that were even listed there. We've all got different gifts, no doubt. And because of those different gifts, you may have a faith that grows differently than someone else. But let's talk about what we all have the responsibility to do. We all have the personal responsibility of kindness, of joy, of love, of peace, of patience, of kindness, goodness, faithfulness, of gentleness, of self-control. We all have the responsibility to have the fruit of the Spirit. We have also all have the responsibility to witness. And one of our spiritual leaders said that to me few hours ago. And I thought, I'm going to use this. And I thought, how right is that? We have all got the responsibility to witness for Jesus Christ, the center of our worship, the center of our church, the foundation, the key, and the reason. That's a very clearly defined role. And in Scripture, we find that there are clearly defined roles. So know your role. Know your responsibility. And if you need help finding some place to serve in this church, folks, talk to one of our elders. Talk to me. Talk to Scott. I promise you we can find you something that would be encouraging to you and to others. There's so many different things that we can do. Just this week, Amanda and Maria sent out cards. In case someone's missing, for a few weeks we send them a card. And today someone's back at church because they got a card this weekend and encouraged them. And that just made my day when that was shared with me. And it made their week that someone cared enough to say, hey, we miss you. Get to know each other. You can't love each other if you don't know each other's names. It's a responsibility that we should take very seriously. And these roles have been clearly defined. Responsibility, a word that we toss around here and we should toss around here. But in every church across the nation, we talk about responsibility. Ours is to serve Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12 says, So it is with you, since you are eager for gifts of those spirits. Try to excel... And those that, say this with me, build up the church. Try to excel in those that build up the church. Do you build up or do you tear down? Do you compliment or do you criticize? Do you encourage or do you discourage? Folks, we have a very encouraging church. I say keep up the good work, but don't ever forget your responsibility to build up the church.
We can do this with our attitudes, with our actions, with our behavior. We can do this with how you talk about it. Now, we've already said the church is the body of Christ. It's also the bride of Christ. Now, think about that for a second. And sometimes, if there's ever been a time in your life where you've ever said anything bad about the church, or maybe you've heard someone else talk bad about the church, think about this. You're talking about the bride of Jesus. And I can tell you, I've heard some people say some things about the church before that if I heard them say about my wife, I would probably punch him in the gut and give him a stone-cold stunner. I might not get that violent that quick. It might just be a kick to the shin. The point being, you don't talk bad about the bride of Christ. But yet the world today certainly does, don't they? And we know that we can't go and and, and powerbomb the world. What we can do instead is show our example of our love from Christ. Our responsibility and remembering our purpose, remembering our foundation. See, the church, there's so many ways that we could describe it and define it and and talk about her. But the church is our purpose, our responsibility. I've got some pictures to share with you. With great power comes great responsibility. Remember that one? Our open every Sunday, 10.30 a.m. That was, I believe, three years ago this past week. We had like 10 feet of snow. It was awful. Imagine if it would have been cold this week. And there's our, our beautiful building. That's our church, for sure. But the church is much more than that, is it not? The church is our children, our youth, our kids. Teaching them to know about Jesus. But the church is much more than that, is it not? The church is also our senior citizens, our elderly. And yes, lunch bunch, I have a picture up of you up there. And I, some, some of you are going to be later like, we're not the elderly. Okay. <laughs> Justin, you're in there too and way in the back, buddy. <laughs> but the church is much more than that, isn't it? The church is also our families, our people, you. I'm so blessed by Hartford Christian Church. The bride of Christ. And I hope that you are too. Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for allowing us to be your church Help us, Lord, to understand our purpose, to understand our goal, and to keep your son Jesus as our center, our foundation, our reason. We ask, Lord, that if we ever get to a spot where he's not, that you will correct us. We thank you for our leaders here. Help us to encourage them. We thank you for all the people here. Help us to grow together. Lord, we thank you so very, very much for the reason that we have through your son Jesus to come here. Our forgiveness, our justification. Not because we've earned it, but because he offered it. Help us to accept that every day, Lord, and to make it evident by our actions and our attitude and our behavior. Lord, please continue to bless our church. 
Help us to be an instrument for you. Help us to do it the best of our ability, Lord. Forgive us when we fall short, and thank you so very much for doing that. Lord, just now, ask a blessing upon all those here. Uh, May, as we go our separate ways today, may we represent. And I ask, Lord, that if there's anyone here today that hasn't committed to you, that today they would make that the opportunity to become a part of your church by accepting your son, Jesus. We ask all these things in the most awesome name of Jesus Christ. Amen.